You're listening to The Residential Movement, where the focus is on making in-home dental care normal instead of novel or niche. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Robinson, a house call dentist with a lot of passion for reaching patients who are best served in their home or residence. I'm here to encourage, equip, and empower dentists like you to begin offering in-home dental services for patients who cannot get to the office, while also enjoying a more balanced work life. We discuss everything from dentistry, business, ethics, mindset, and more. Listen in to learn how you can become a part of the residential movement. This week's episode is a very special one. You know that I've interviewed other house call dentists here on the show, but just a few weeks ago, I had the honor of interviewing one of the very first dentist podcasters. Now, if you listen to this show, it's likely that you listen to other dental podcasts. So you may very well know this week's guest, Dr. Alan Mead. He is a pioneer in the space of dental podcasting. Communication and education in dentistry has always been so formal. There are dental schools, dental conferences, and thanks to Dr. Alan Mead, there is the Very Dental Podcast, formerly known as the Dental Hacks Podcast. You know, especially based on last week's episode, that I feel very strongly about connecting with other dentists. And even though he isn't a house call dentist, he values a lot of the things that you and I value, like time freedom, having other interests outside of dentistry, and finding a community. Sit back and enjoy this conversation between myself and Dr. Alan Mead. Dr. Alan Mead, thank you for joining us today on The Residential Movement. Well, thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah, I'm so excited that we finally get to connect here. I know my audience would love to hear about what you're up to with your podcasting and your practice and how your work week has evolved since you began practicing. Oh my gosh, there's a lot there. So I graduated from dental school in 1997 from the University of Minnesota. So I've been practicing for a while. I bought my practice in 1998, so that's 25 years ago. Um, actually moved into the building that I'm in 10 years ago, almost to the day. It was right after Labor Day. So I've been, you know, I was in that, my first building for 15 years and this one for 10 years. And so, and I've, I've been for the most part, a four day a week guy. Right from the beginning, you just rejected the whole five day a week thing right off the bat. Yeah. Well, I feel like most private practice dentists four days a week is a full week. So I, what, what's interesting is now I'm at three, I'm at three days a week where it's a longer, it's a nine hour day. And I've, I, it's been a struggle. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But in any case, we started the podcast in 2014. And why did you do that? Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm a heavy podcast listener. And so the reality is, okay, so the first podcast I ever listened to, the first two, both of them were roundtable style where it was always multiple people. The first one was called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is still going on right now. This is all, I started listening to podcasts in like 2006 or something like that. The other one was a Harry Potter podcast back when this, it was right. I started listening right when the sixth book came out. That's the first, like I was, I was using an, uh, did I have an iPod then? I'm not even sure. I don't think I did. You know what I did? I had a Rio 500 MP3 player that might've even been before the iPod came out. Way ahead of the curve. Well, I, what I remember is you had to download it on your computer and then transfer it via your USB cable to the, so you couldn't like, if something new came out and you, you didn't, you had to get it off your computer. That's how long I've been listening to podcasts. That's a, um, but what I found in dentistry is there just weren't any. Like we started in 2014 and there were a couple out there. There weren't a lot. And what I found was I really liked at the time, I really liked these round tables, which, which brought in a bunch of different opinions from a bunch of different people. And I'm like, okay, so I, I got together with my friend, Jason Lipscomb, Dr. Jason Lipscomb, who started the dental hacks podcast with me back in 2014. 
And back then we used to do, oh, it was highly, highly edited. Oh my gosh, way too much editing. It was ridiculous. <laughs> we would do segments. We'd do a pre-segment with just Jason and I, and then we would do half of an interview. And then we'd do a mid-segment. And then we'd do a round table. And then we'd do an, an, an exit segment, you know, all this. And I'm just like, I've literally said like, how can I make the most complicated editing podcast ever? Yeah, when you're doing it that way, it's like you have to go down to three days a week. Oh, it was a lot of work, and and I was new at it, and the technology was not nearly as handy as as uh, as it is now. I mean, right now, you and I are both recording. I, I have a I have a, a Mac. It's a la- a desktop. But bottom line is, we're you know, if you have a computer and a mic and a and a internet connection, a lot of the heavy lifting is done by the software right now. It didn't used to really be like that. It was, used to have to. Everything was sort of a hack around around just the fact that. Computers didn't weren't really set up to record podcasts. So we I, at one point I, I had I probably still have the video on YouTube. Um, I was listening to a guy who described creating what they call it, they called it the the Skyposaurus. We used Skype all the time, and so what I had was I literally had five different computers running, and they were all piped into each one of them had a separate Skype. It's so crazy. This is not probably good podcast listening, but but basically I had this, I was running six computers or five computers running Skype a piece and I would mix all the sound into this crazy thing. So it would mix minus. And and so you wouldn't hear your own voice, but you could hear everyone else's voices. That's how I did roundtables. And and what was cool about it was you recorded it in one place. So you, you didn't lose one person's sound or anything like that. It was incredibly expensive to do it that way it was it was highly elaborate which honestly is my whole life has been doing things way more elaborately than needed to be well now i just use software like you do and i can i can actually use i have a recorder sitting on my desk where i get a backup of it and half the time i use the backup because the software is not that reliable but the bottom line is it's come a long ways and it's gotten a lot easier well I'm grateful that you started it because you're definitely a pioneer in the dental podcast space you're right now there's more than ever and it's such an honor just to have you here because you probably started this podcast very similarly to how a lot of dentists choose house call dentistry, just rejecting the typical dental work week or also just the dental communication, right? Like everything mm-hmm. being so formal and in conferences. Yeah. And I think it's just so useful for people to learn in this medium. This It's very true. I basically... I mean, the Jason and I did it together, but the concept of a podcast was always sort of my thing. I was always, I'm the podcast listener. I Social media, yes, I use it, but it wasn't my thing as much as the podcast. And then when we broke up back in 2021, he basically took our big social media presence and I took the podcast and kind of ran with it because that was sort of my thing. I agree, podcasting is weird in a good way, but also the reason we did the podcast the way that we did was because it was different than what was out there. It was much more dentists talking about dentistry and, and, and the daily grind and what we like about it, what we don't like about it, how we, you know, and, and we got, we'd have good guests and stuff, but it was unlike anything else that was out there. Most of the stuff that was out there was business recommendations or, or what have you. So it was, I agree. It's a, it was a different, we did it to be different and we kind of, we kind of got it, I think. So now when you are not podcasting or practicing, how do you spend all the free time that the way you've set your career up allows you to have? Free time's a funny thing, right? Like it doesn't, I work three days a week and I do have more free time, but doesn't feel free. Everything like, like, just like, just like uh, in physics, what the gas, a gas will expand to fill whatever space it's in. That's what free time is. Now, there is no such thing as free time. So I have two children. I have, I, I live on a horse farm. Uh, my wife is a horse fanatic. So we live on 40 acres out in the middle of nowhere outside of Midland, Michigan. That'll keep you busy. 
yeah, it, it does keep me busy all the and and so we feed horses. We we have ducks. We uh, uh, have chickens. We have goats. We have we have a bunch of farm stuff, and the boys love that. We literally just had the county fair last week, so the boys show the goats and the ducks, and and my wife's a horse person, and we actually it's a boarding horse farm, so we have a bunch of boarders that we have to. So honestly, if we didn't have anyone helping, it would be for, and we didn't for a long time. We fed horses twice a day. It was, I mean, like, which is practically a full time job in itself. So I I have that. My children keep me very busy in this. It was really funny. So like I switched to three days a week last spring and uh, I thought I'll spend more time doing the podcast or I'll be able to do the podcast and not have to spend that time in the evenings or whatever. And then summer hit. And what happened was I just did more stuff with the boys. We just did more stuff and I didn't, I didn't really. So the reality is three days a week. I, I only gain free time in as much as to do stuff that does involve my family when the kids are in school, <laughs> basically when they're not in school, it's not really, you know, we're, we're doing stuff. Um, my oldest son uh, is in high school. He's just started his sophomore year. And actually tonight is their first football game. He marches in the marching band. He's a, a tuba and sousaphone player. Wow. Uh, so that keeps us quite busy. There's always stuff going on. I had band camp the week before fair. There's always something going on. If I have a few hours to myself, I'm probably going to go mountain biking. That's, that's probably what I'm going to do. That's my, that's my, um, and, and so I try and ride my bike for a while there. I was doing it almost every day. It's hard to do that, but I, I go four times a week, at least most weeks if I can. And that's, so that's how I get out and sweat and stuff like that. So I will say this, the podcast takes less time now than it used to because the technology is better. And honestly, I'm better at editing than I ever used to be. Like I'm much faster. It's just, as you know, there's a real learning curve to it. So that's, that's the interesting thing. That's great. I mean, there's more to life than dentistry. And that is excellent that you're able to set up your career that way to be able to see your boys and mountain bike and care of a 40 acre horse farm. That's certainly not something that I could ever take care of no matter how much free time I had. So hats off to you. So what's up next for you on the podcast? It's kind of funny you say that. So like the podcast, it's almost on autopilot. I make a point of like, it's so funny. I'd love to tell you that I've got this big plan and I've got it all. I don't usually have it planned out, but opportunity seems to fall into place a lot of times with people to talk to and stuff like that. So I have literally, I mean, I know people who have a lot of great direction for their podcast. I basically interview people I find interesting. I, I, I talk with people that I find interesting, but but we have the, uh, basically my podcast is a network. So the Friday episode is always something that I've engineered and it's, it's involves me. The Tuesday episode is the very clinical podcast, which is two other dentists, Zach Miners and Kevin Fryer, who cover clinical topics. They're fantastic. I started them off. Oh, it's been some years that they've been doing it. They're just fantastic. Honestly, their numbers are probably better than any other episode. Most of the time they do very well. And then on Mondays, I will do something that's more like a, it's, I call it the Alan Mead experience, which was a podcast I started midway through the, the, I, I incorporated into the very dental network, which is sometimes a monologue with me or sometimes a guest where we're telling stories about stuff other than dentistry or, or outside of dentistry. But now I've also on Mondays, I, every other Monday is called the very dental student podcast where a dental student by the name of Mohammed Abu Basha does interviews of, that are kind of student focused, which of course I couldn't really bring that because I've been out for a while. So I don't have that. So I'm kind of, honestly, I'm always looking for new concepts to put in that. And that's why I wanted it to be a network. I want it to be something that kind of could hold its own and, 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 
add and take away content as it was as as I found it interesting. You know, it's it's and you can do that when you um, I'm I'm the producer. I do all the I do all the editing. I know a lot of people do have other people edit. And I always feel like, man, you know, the problem is that an editor that's not like dental in their background might not know what's what's worth keeping and what's not. You, you're you're nodding your head in agreement. It's hard. It's hard to 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 take that, you know, because I take this content pretty seriously. I want it to I want it to do well, you know, and 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 I want it. And my audience is a dental audience. It's like. I have a few people that aren't dentists that listen to me, but it's got to be horribly boring. I wonder what they must think. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I, most of them say they like it, but most of them also say they they couldn't stay with it for real. It's too specialized, you know. It's that's podcasts are like that, you know. You can get into a niche and you never, you know, you, you can niche down a lot and still have a pretty decent audience because the distribution is taken care of by everyone having a smartphone. That's the cool thing. So, True. but even if you don't have a big audience, like for us, we have a very small community. We're just a a little bit over a year out having a podcast and it is very, as you said, like very niche. Specific. Yeah. Good. Because that it's very specific and it's, it's not meant to appeal to everyone, just, you yeah. know, the people that are actually interested in it. And it's funny how you're talking about the way that your podcast has evolved over time to serve the different groups, right? Like you mentioned how a student might have a different perspective than mm-hmm. you have. And we're noticing, well, I'm noticing for our community that we need other support. So it's fun to see at this point now we're developing like a community program and an educational course and, and things like that, because just to meet the needs of the specific, specific audience you have. Now, mm-hmm. my friends and family who listen to our podcast, I I don't know why. That's just because they love me. I think that's just because they're trying to be supportive. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine they find any of it interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when it's a very... You're, technically, you're interviewing me right now. And we're going to do another episode where I'm interviewing you, diving in deep. But here's the thing. I'm going to use this episode as an Alameda experience just because... And, and so, for those people listening right now, Ashley, if you would give them just... Give, give them the two-minute elevator pitch on what exactly your podcast and, frankly, your dental career is, is about. Well, yeah, wow. Tables turned really quickly, huh? My mission in dentistry is to increase access to care for people who are homebound. It was not a career option presented to me in school. And I noticed a need for physically going into people's homes, just like a visiting nurse might do or a visiting physical therapist might do. So there's a ton of reasons why it isn't widely available, whether we're talking about systems or education, things like that. But at the very minimum, at least if I can just influence more dentists to get on the ground right now and start offering the service, we can figure out all the rest later. That's that's very cool. So in the podcast is called the Residential Movement. Is that correct? Yes, but I wish I had a name more clear like yours, the Very Dental Podcast. It's very, oh. very clear. Okay, get a load of this. The very The first name of the podcast was the Dental Hacks Podcast. It was literally... But it was a terrible name, first off, because you don't no, never use the word hack with a dentist because people always assume that that means like bad stuff. We meant hacks like, oh, we'll hack your your dentistry to make it easier and better. Blah, blah, blah. It sounded great to us. But then like, what is it? It And the problem was it took like like the name was a hook and it took before we realized it was just a terrible name. So understand I think everyone struggles a bit with naming podcasts and, and social media presences and stuff. Cause they don't really know. <laughs> they don't really know what, what in five years is this going to work, you know, and you don't really want to change it. I will tell you rebranding. The good news is I have the same podcast feed that I ever did. So that part, the people that were subscribed are still subscribed. I didn't have to start from scratch. Cause here's the thing. Starting a podcast now is a whole different animal than starting a podcast in 2014. That was almost 10 years ago. You know, I can't even get my own 
I can't even get my own audience. <laughs> like, like I, st- I've started new things and I can't get them. Like I can't like, like people get the very dental podcast network and I can't get them to, to, to download. It's, it's crazy. And I think it's just a matter of everyone says, you know, the best time to start was, you know, 10 years ago. And, and it's true. And there's some reality to that. But I mean, the fact that you're, you're very specific, you're going to have a loyal audience and, and understand that it doesn't matter if it's a huge audience because loyal audience, I take a loyal audience over a huge audience any day. Same. What influenced you to begin rebranding? How come you changed the name? Well, because we kind of split up. Jason and I kind of split up. And I'm like, I, we decided neither one of us would use the Dental Hacks name. And and honestly, the Dental Hacks name as a brand had some value. And I felt like instead of us fighting over that, we should just like not. And so he changed the name of the Facebook group and I changed the name of the podcast. And honestly, like so many things in this, it came to me quickly and I didn't argue with myself very much. And it worked. You know, it worked. Could I have spent some time, re, you know, figuring out a better name? Probably I could have. I didn't. Um, but, you know, I had a I had a logo up and running quick and I had, you know, I just I literally just changed the, you know, on the back end of a podcast. It's not, you know, like a lot of the branding just goes along with who's downloading your episodes. It's, it's uh, it was it was relatively quick. And I wanted I also wanted there to not be much of a gap because I didn't want to lose people by not putting content out. So, well, I think it's great. I think it turned out fine. I like the name a lot. I think it's very I, I do too. I, do too. I, I like I like the logo cuz it's it's generic enough that we can use it in a lot of different ways, but like it's 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 recognizable. If you notice, are you a podcast listener? Do you listen to a lot of podcasts too? Isn't it funny how how you recognize the the art, the the show art and then occasionally if you like refresh your feed and the show art changes, you're like, "Wait a second. Oh, you can't do that to me. That's the, where's the old art? It's very funny. I didn't, I didn't like, I, I didn't realize what kind of a consumer I was until I started doing this on the other end of it. Very visual, huh? Like, yeah. I've even heard from other friends of mine who do podcasts. They say, release your videos, do a video podcast on YouTube. And I want to tell them, and I don't know how you feel. The reason that I do podcasting is so I don't need to be seen on video. <laughs> like, I don't want to get ready every day. Do my I had this argument a lot with a lot of people, and I agree with you. Here's the thing. I did an audio podcast because I listen to podcasts in the car or when I'm exercising or when I'm driving or, or when I'm mowing the lawn. That's when I really listen to podcasts. I There are no podcasts that I sit and listen to on video. Most people say, oh, but you divide them up and make them small bites and put them out on YouTube. I'm like, you're probably right. But guess what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to spend the time to do that. Maybe I could get someone else to do that. But at this point, it's not like this is huge money making thing that 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 I have a, a there's there are social media people that have have the budget for that. This guy does not. So it's kind of it's a little bit of a one man show on that level. So it's a it's interesting. Podcasts are technically an audio f- phenomena. Like like I you know, when I'm downloading a podcast, I'm probably going to listen to it while I'm driving to work. So there better not be video cuz I can't really be watching that while I'm driving. That's been my that's been my focus. Maybe I'm wrong about it, but you know. No, I agree with you. Even me, I consume podcasts when I'm on the go. That's the idea. They're in your earbuds while you're walking around exercising and I, like you like I was a consumer of one and I'll keep producing one and sure there's probably plenty of opportunity out there but quality is better than quantity I know I can do an audio podcast just fine my videos wouldn't be so good probably not a good look <laughs> video is a real and as you probably know it's a, it's a very different skill set I mean editing video is a nightmare by comparison with audio audio man 
like the, some of the worst audio I've ever gotten, you can still pretty it up and make it sound pretty good. Even, even if the interview doesn't go well or someone's sound was rough or whatever, like I kind of know how to do that. Video, you can't, you can't delete entire parts of, you know, it's, it's like, I, I mean, I don't have that much experience doing it, but it's definitely a different animal. And I do think clearly, let's be honest, you know, the uh, TikTok and, and Instagram and stuff are super video oriented. I get it. Uh, I just did not. That's just not really my my ball of wax. I started this with the idea of it being audio back when that was kind of what podcasts were. So I do. I knew you know, people, and I think there are people probably that could make an argument that that the video has an important component to them. And in dentistry, particularly doing clinical stuff, video is probably helpful, right? But I don't. I don't actually do a lot of clinical teaching kind of stuff. So I haven't really had to go that direction so much. Maybe maybe someday, but I'm not. I'm not there now. I totally get it. I'm with you. I think if you you know what you're good at, you've got the audio down, you're mm-hmm. off a lot of value that way and just stick with it. I know in addition to your podcast, you also have events. Mm-hmm. Can you tell my audience more about those? Uh, interesting. The event that I've run over the years is called Voices of Dentistry. And we started it, I think it was, 20, it was January 2017 was the first one. And so we, we'd had one uh, each year, except for we didn't have one in 2021 due to COVID. Um, cause we just couldn't, I think there were enough people that wouldn't come and, and, and it was going to be hard. And, and the, the venue understood that too. I think there's a lot of venues that got hosed that year. So it was very uh, podcast based. So like we started it, it was just basically the only people that spoke were podcasters. It was really funny. When we started it, it was, it was by the seat of our pants just, uh, and it was really fun. We did it in Nashville in a, in just a terrible, terrible hotel. It was basically the the kind of holiday, holodome, like a holiday inn that had been closed in in the 80s. They decided that was the smartest thing in the world to do. So it was like one of those. It was the only place we could find. And a lot of people came. There was a lot of people listened to podcasts. It was really fun. And and we realized there was a bit of magic because when you can bring a community together that is kind of bound together by the fact that they listen to to a podcast. So it was the Dental Hacks podcast and it was Mark Costas's podcast, the Dentalpreneur podcast. Tarun Agarwal came, and that was before he was even podcasting. A lot of people that came to the first one became podcasters, and they weren't podcasting at the time. Now, mind you, it wasn't necessarily – it was basically for people who listen to podcasts, not necessarily for people who were doing podcasts. Over the years, I think people thought it was just a, a, a convention for podcasters. Like, nah, it was for people who listen to podcasts. So we did that multiple times over the years, and we, we ended up doing it in Arizona in January. It was a pretty nice time to get to Arizona for people like – in Michigan and <laughs> Buffalo and stuff like that. So yeah, it was, it was, it was always a good time. We, and we would, we would focus on what would happen is we'd have four of us that kind of put the meeting together and each one of us would choose a few speakers that were kind of po- at least podcast adjacent if they weren't podcasters. And so we'd put on this kind of CE event that was really fun, but more, more than anything, tons of podcasters were there and were recording content live, which was just great. You know, it was, it was, it was a good place to get content it was a good place for people who like podcasts to maybe sit in on a podcast and record. So it was it was great. It was a good time. And and we always had a good on the Friday evening. There was always a good reception and people would go out for dinner. It was, it was a good time. It was, it was an inexpensive meeting for people to go to or to attend. I mean, they had to travel to Scottsdale, but uh, it was a blast. It was a great time. So it's yeah, I will say this running events is not for me. I hate it. I hate it. There's too much. There's a ton of pressure. There's a ton of pressure. I, I like I like sitting in a dark room like I am and talking into a microphone. So I really like doing. Gotcha. But we all have our things, and at least you tried it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, well, it was good. It was good. 
So if this is how your career has gone, you said you're in practice 20 plus years, mm-hmm. you're podcasting, you've done events, mm-hmm. what in your dental career is up next? Or well, me, what in your career in general? Interesting that, okay, so I, I went to three days a week. I, I should tell you about this. The planning is I went to three days a week and literally the week before we were going to three days a week, I, I had had the, the same um, office manager, you know, receptionist, front desk person since I literally since 1998. And she retired. She retired last all like a, a year ago, last August. But we had someone come in and we trained this person for several months and took right over for for Kathy, who left. And that person decided that it wasn't for them anymore, like, like the week before we went to three weeks oh, or three days a week. So like we were, I have literally been down a person ever since I went to three days a week. And I don't know. I mean, this is probably one of the huge things that you have over people hiring right now is a freaking nightmare. It's just, it's been really hard to get people, whether it's lack of people interested or just finding the right person or people that would show up for crying out loud. It's just like, it's been really hard. Oh yeah. Literally the last week was the first week. I think we had the right number of people. So, so it's, you know, yeah, three days a week's cool. I don't even know what it's like yet because we've we've been in like we've been in like kind of buckle down and hold on tight for so long. I don't really know. So now we have, I think we have the right people or close to the right number of people. So we're getting. So I probably need to tell you in a few months what three days a week is like. I like three days a week because of the time. I will say I'm working longer days, so I'm working three nines instead of four. I had I had three eights. And then one seven. So I dropped Thursday, which was my seven hour day. So I went from like 31 hours clinical to 27. It was really not that huge of a, a drop in clinical. Those nine hour days are pretty long though. Like nine hours, nine hours of clinical is pretty long for, okay. for an old guy like me, but um, it's, it's good though. I like it. I, th- I think now that we have people in place, I think it's going to be good for me. And do I want, did I want to work in dentistry less? Yes. Cause it's hard on your body and it's, and it's hard on your soul a little bit. And I think a lot of times people don't realize how, how much of dentistry, like practicing dentistry is the show. Like you gotta, you gotta keep your face on, you gotta keep, you gotta keep your, your chin up and you gotta put on the show. And that's hard. It's hard to do for years and years and years. I mean, that's, that's real. Right. You're not wrong. I mean, physically it's demanding, but also you're like performing. You have to be like emotionally in control all day. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that, I think that's why I kind of wanted to go back to, to three days from, from four. Could I go back to four? Yeah, I probably could. But I I think my team really likes three days because it's just more time for them. And, you know, I, I said like, you know, it's more time that I have to be with my kids, but that's actually a good thing. It's just like they, it is funny how when they're not in school, their stuff can take over whatever free time you have. That's still very real, but it's, it's, it's cool. And like, they just started back to school this week. So I, I now get my Mondays and Fridays back a little bit, although literally I'm picking them up when I'm done here, <laughs> I'm going to pick them up from school. So there's no rest for the wicked. Well, it sounds like you're in a good group. You know, you have your podcast, you have your practice, a lot of variety in your day. Yeah. It sounds like you're really figuring out where you want. We're trying. Oh. We're trying. Yeah, we keep at it. That's great. That's what we're all about, too. It's like you got to find a career that works for your life instead of fitting your life kind of around your work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me about tell me about your audience. What kind of do you get a lot of feedback from your audience? And have you helped? Have you helped audience members transition out of one kind of way of working into another? Is it is it is is that your goal? And has it worked? That is my goal. And I can say I have mentored exactly 
two people through that transition. And I'm very happy to have done that. Uh-huh. That was just kind of just with talking and helping and answering questions. And they largely did it remote and they're not in my city, but we would, you know, meet and call one another and keep each other up to date with things. But yeah, that's, that's gone really well. But my audience in general as a small audience, mm-hmm. I would say most people listening are associates who have not yet become practice owners who mm-hmm. might not want to become a traditional practice owner because as you mentioned, like the headache of a team or managing real estate or everything else, they just, it seems too overwhelming for them, not to mention like the big price tag that comes with a traditional practice. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are looking to be self-employed, but for an alternative to private practice, a lot of my listeners are from the public health background. They're used to working in hospitals or with medically mm-hmm. complex patients. And some of my listeners are older. They're in their career 10 plus years and they're just tired. They're tired of the four walls every day looking for a change of pace. I think we have some people listen who are retired and mm-hmm. I think that they're, I, maybe they'll come out of retirement. I don't know. Maybe they'll be intrigued and they'll want to come in to, to do house calls because we could still use them too. But yeah, so it's a wide variety, but I would say definitely not practice owners in the prime of their career who are running busy, hectic offices. Like they're too mm-hmm. busy. They're not thinking about it. But people who are associates or employees in public health or retired, they're definitely curious about this career path. Well, see, the thing that's funny is that there's a lot of ways to practice dentistry. Like in dental school, they kind of said that, but they never really, they didn't give you a ton of details on that. Cause you know, in dental school, everyone still kind of thought they, they had a very similar, you know, they were either going to do some kind of residency, maybe specialize, or they were going to go in as an associate, or maybe a few of them were going to go. They already knew a practice they were going to buy or something like that. But the reality, like for instance, uh, oral radiology is a specialty. Right. Oral radiology is a special. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that in dental school. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be a great ORAD specialist, but let's be honest. I didn't even know it existed. You know, the, and, and oral pathology is especially, especially you can go into and that you actually never really, see, you don't see a lot of patients. You might see some, but it's, it's not like you're not going to probably have an oral path office necessarily, or you're going to need more consulting. There's, there's like a lot of different interesting ways to, to be a dentist oh, yeah. that no one freaking talks about no one. And this is one of them, what you're talking about. And, and I do think that people need to realize that when so much of what you hear as a dentist is, this is what you should be doing. Or if you're not making X dollars, then you're not really in the game or whatever. I'm like, that's just life. Isn't like that. You know, life isn't like that at all. It's I've learned that I've learned that over the years that it's just like, you don't have to be like everyone else, not even close. And it doesn't matter. I I, I feel like, the fact that you're doing this and the fact that you've mentored people and there's, there's curious, if you have an audience, some of the audience that are not telling you yet, but are interested in doing what you're doing. So you will continue to mentor people. I'm sure of it. If you continue doing this, it's, it's what's interesting is that a niche audience like this, pretty cool. It's pretty cool that you can come up with, with an audience that's interested in this specific thing. I kind of love that actually, because I will say my podcast is like dentistry and it's like, we sort of, we're all over the place and, and, Oftentimes I feel like, oh, I don't cover this well enough. I literally just, I released a, an episode today where I was interviewing an orthodontist who is, who is putting on, who's starting a, a clear liners ortho program at Spear Education. He's, and I don't talk, I've not talked very much about the specialty of orthodontics over the last 10 years. It was good, good episode, and everything like that. But when you're general and I don't, you know, dentistry is very specific in the world of podcasts. I don't feel like Joe Rogan is necessarily my, my competition, but <laughs> 
But dentistry, compared to what you're talking about, is very wide. Where niche, you could you can build a community of people that understand each other better with a more niche topic. Have you? Do you feel like you've run into that? Yeah, absolutely. My you know, my listeners have a lot in common. So we're just starting next month, actually, to have an official community. People can join and be off of social media and ask each other questions. And finally, instead of listeners emailing me and me trying to answer questions on the podcast, just being like, hey, you guys can all get in touch with one another. And it'll be more valuable when there's just more of us contributing. But interesting. You said something very interesting to me there. Listen to me. I, I can't help myself. I'm an interviewer. It's what I, <laughs> That's okay. I didn't mean to do that. But I think this will be good for your your listeners too. tell me about get off social media, you can create a community. And then you said off social media, I want to know about that. Oh, yeah. So it's an off of it's a community. It's in a private website that is not Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not a big social media user. And having a podcast has actually kind of propelled me into wanting to use it more just to, you know, let people know that we're out there. But as far as like having meaningful connections or asking really specific questions and having valuable conversations, I'm like, let's go in this private chat room over here. And that way your boss won't see it on social media. If you're worried about, you know, someone seeing you ask a question about a different career path or your mom won't judge you or your husband won't get nervous that you're quitting Mm -hmm. your job or something. So just get off of social media, join a private community of house call dentists or people interested in house call dentistry. And I think it'll be more valuable to connect that way. I have to tell you, I've had over the years, I've had so many conversations about this because the the pro and the con of social media is the fact that everyone is there. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, here's the thing when you're cr- trying to create a community of someone like a niche community like this, it's kind of a big ask to have them go off of, you know, what they already have, the apps they have on their phone. Right. It's like a, uh, we, I used to argue with people. I'm like the problem with, you know, yeah, we had, a, we had a, when, when Jason and I split up from the dental hacks, we had like 35 or 40,000 people in a Facebook group. And, and it was not well, it was, it was not a community. It was a bunch of people that would go there and we literally would have like literally had t-shirts with garbage fires on them because it was so often like, like I would, one of my roles as a moderator of this thing was to literally put the burning dumpster on any given thread because the, it officially reached the burning dumpster status. And I was the one who got to say that, like, that's not healthy mentally. That's not a good thing. But the idea, I'm like, we should have our own place where we can have our listeners go to. And the problem was that's one more ask of one more place where people would have to sign up and get. So what if it, how have you, how have you navigated that? Maybe because you're such a small niche audience, it doesn't matter. Like maybe, maybe if they're interested, it's an attraction rather than promotion thing. If they're interested, they'll take that extra step. Is that what you've run into? I don't know yet. I'll let you know. We launch next month, so I'll have to share the results with you. But yeah, I, I just think that um, getting off of social media, it is an ask. And I feel like if people are very invested, they'll take that next step. And yep. if not, that's okay. I'll still yep. like kind of be on social media, um, yep. you know, just in general. But I still I'm going to always tell people like, hey, if you want to get the real good stuff, like get off of here and get over there. Uh, because you know who else is on social media that we didn't talk about earlier are our patients. I yeah. have a lot of patients on social media who have sure. become patients of mine because maybe I was already friends with them on, you know, they were somebody's grandma who was my friend on Facebook already. And now if I ever have a hard day, there's no way I'm going to come home and post on Instagram like, wow, yeah. my back really hurts because I was bending over to clean someone's teeth in their wheelchair today. Like, you can't do that on social media. So um, you have to talk off of social media, I think, because, yeah, like you said, everybody's there. Our loved ones, our patients, our bosses. No matter what, even if you think you're in a private group, everything you put up on social media, just figure it'll eventually make it to the front page of the of the local newspaper. So <laughs> if you use that as your as your guide, you won't get in too much trouble. Uh, 
so yeah, the reality is, I mean, even screenshots or whatever, I, I agree. I, I tend to avoid patients when I can, but everyone, all my patients kind of know I have this little, this little secret life as a podcaster. I don't make it a secret. I don't think, like I said, I don't think many of them can make it through much. And the other thing is, is my voice is the same on the podcast as it is when I'm in their, in their ear telling stories because they can't talk because I got my hands in their mouth, you know? So it's like, I don't, I, I probably tell some of the same stories for crying out loud. So I, I don't think I have a lot of patient listeners, but the reality is they're there and, and anything you do can probably be seen, you know, not that it necessarily would be, but it could be. And it's something that something that I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of your move. I'm going to follow that because it'd be interesting to know how that works out for you. Oh, I'm sure you'd be great at fostering some kind of community anywhere. Um, well, I know I have one more question for you. I want to ask you exactly what you would tell my listeners to do if they are feeling overworked and overwhelmed and how they should modify their life today. Okay. I got a couple of thoughts. We didn't talk about this. I've been very public about this. I, I'm, I'm clean and sober for 21 years. I haven't had a drink or, or any kind of mood-altering chemical for that long. So first thing that I've always learned is that whatever problem you're having, dumping alcohol or drugs on it will, can make it worse. Like as, as soon as you think you can't get worse, no, 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 it really can. Now, and that's, that's typically for someone who is an addict and not everyone who drinks or uses is an addict. I get it. But I will tell you this. The older I get, the longer I've been sober, the more I wish that I could wave a magic wand and make those things not real because it, there's a lot of people that have problems with drugs and alcohol that don't think they have problems with drugs and alcohol. So when you're dealing with the kinds of things you might be talking about, understand that it's, it's not a good coping mechanism. It's just not a good coping mechanism ever. It'd be better to do to deal with your problems that have nothing to do with drugs and alcohol. That is, and it's such a wet blanket thing to say, but I've, I've just that's just been my experience for so long. The, the other thing is, is that like, be part of a community like this. If this is for one thing, I am a guy who has thought of every single way that you could practice dentistry, because if I'm having a bad day, I'm always like, oh, I got to do something else. You know, I, I don't ever, I never do anything else because I can work through it. But the bottom line, my mind goes there often. And one of the reasons I want to interview you for my show, which we'll do soon, I want to hear I want to hear all the details, how you got into it, how you, how you equip, what, you, what you're doing, what your limits are. I want to know all that stuff. Find a community of people that you can trust and communicate with. And whether that's offline or whether it's individual, like I, I do a lot of, it's really funny. I don't have a lot of in real life friends locally. A lot of my friends are online and it's because of, you know, what I've, I started on Dental Town back in the early 2000s and, and a lot of these people are social media friends. And, and I, so I see them a lot of times at meetings where I don't see them so much locally. So I do use kind of texting and, and you know, messenger stuff and all that. And, and that's how I keep track with a lot of my friends. But I, I feel like I have a lot of places that I can go to to vent to people that understand. Like me talking about my struggles during the day as a dentist to my wife who is not in the dental field at all. I mean, she can, she can feel bad for him, but she can't really understand it. It's not, she don't work in a dental office. I mean, so having, having a place to talk about your stuff with people that understand is pretty important. It doesn't have to be anything super elaborate either. It could literally be like a text chain or something like that. Or, I mean, it sounds like you're coming up with a community that would be very helpful for people, but the reality is find a community. So, so my, my answers are, don't drink or take drugs and find a community and you're already way better off than you were to start with. So that that's my answer. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think those are very valuable pieces of advice my audience will definitely benefit from. So I appreciate you sharing. Of course. Um, 
thank you for joining us on the residential movement. This is such an honor to talk to you and hear from one of dentistry's podcasting OGs and learn everything that you know on dentistry, podcasting, and life in between. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation just as much as I did. I appreciated connecting with another like-minded dentist, and I want that for you as well. I'm excited to share with you that the Residential Movement official membership is finally available. If you're interested in connecting with me and other dentists on their house call journey, please visit residentialmovement.com slash official membership to enroll. In this private community, we'll share exclusive content and challenges, but we'll also meet monthly for Q&A. We'll meet another time each month, too, for book club. Finally, official membership includes discounts on any other residential movement offers. I hope to see you inside of this official membership. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm so grateful for your loyal listening. As always, whether you decide to pursue dental house calls or not, please consider supporting those in need of them by contributing to the Home Smile Care Foundation. Visit homesmilecarefoundation.org. Thank you again. I really do appreciate you. That's a wrap on this episode of The Residential Movement. If you like what you heard today, please leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you know someone who could benefit from this information, please share this with them. All of these actions help fuel the residential movement. Visit residentialmovement.com for show notes and for access to any links referenced in this episode. Thanks again for listening, Doc. Keep up the good work.